Coming up next on Abounding Grace. It doesn't matter what your background is or what your upbringing might be, what kind of sins you've committed or the life that you've lived, what things you might have been caught up in this last week, what things might be stumbling even you right now, what things that might be past. You know, one of the greatest places of spiritual warfare is right here in this room where God wants to speak forth into your life his love and his grace and his mercy and the enemy wants you to think about what a crumb you are and just how bad you've blown it. But justification by faith cleans your life and you're justified just as if you never sinned. This is amazing grace. This is unfailing love. That you would take my place. That you would bear my cross. You We're glad you're with us today as we open up Romans chapter 3 with Pastor Ed Taylor. Today on Abounding Grace, we'll give thoughtful consideration to the question, what is justification? In verses 21 through 31, Pastor Ed has observed five things about the doctrine of justification. And as you'll soon see, it is so very important to our lives. I know sometimes when we get into troubles and storms come into our life, we blame other people. It's their fault. And we blame situations. It's that fault. But the root of it is sin. That's the root of it. The reason there's pain and suffering in this world, sin. The reason why you face trials and tribulations, sin. Sure, it could be someone else's sin. I know that. But it could also be yours. If you'll come clean today, Jesus, he'll give you new life. You'll be born again justified. Five things. Number one, look at verse 20 with me. We'll go back one verse. We're justified apart from the law. Jot that down. Apart from the law. Verse 20, therefore, by the deeds of the law, no flesh shall be justified in his sight. For by the law is the knowledge of sin. Jump to verse 28. Therefore, we conclude that a man is justified by faith apart from the deeds of the law. And so it's clear, the deeds of the law cannot justify you. Following a written code of rules and regulations will not bring salvation in your life. You can't simply ask, well, give me the five things I need to do when Jesus has said it's one thing, believe in me. So it's not the deeds of the law. The deeds of the law will never, ever, ever justify you. It will never happen if you're trying to keep a series of rules and regulations. If you're trying to relate to the Father on the basis of your goodness or your good deeds or your devotions or your good works, it's not going to happen. You won't be justified. It is apart from the law. Number two, justification happens by faith in Jesus Christ. Simple enough. Verse 21, by faith in Jesus Christ. But now... The righteousness of God apart from the law is revealed, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, verse 22. Even the righteousness of God, which is through faith in Jesus Christ to all and on all who believe. For there is no difference. Jump down to verse 30. Since there is one God who will justify the circumcised by faith and the uncircumcised through faith. Justification, salvation only comes by faith. 
in Jesus Christ. It's your linkage to Jesus. That brings justification. That brings your salvation. And it's not just something where you say, well, I believe in God. Because you might be here today and you say, I don't have anything against God. You know, I believe in him. I've always believed in God. My church taught me about God. My parents taught me about God. I, I've never really wanted to, to do anything that would hurt God. But do you know, flip over to James chapter 2. That's not the kind of belief that Paul's talking about here. Look at James chapter 2. I'm sure some of you know this. Some of you, it'll be brand new. But did you know that demons believe in God? That demons could say today, oh, I believe in God, but that's not going to help them because it's not the right kind of belief. Look at James chapter 2. I want you to see it. Verse 19. James 2, 19. Even the demons believe. James is talking to the believers there and he says, you believe that there is one God, you do well. Even the demon believes and trembles. I mean, even the demons believe but they don't have the right kind of belief. They're not saved. Demons won't be in heaven. It's not enough for a person to say, I believe in God and go to church. There must be a saving faith, a reliance upon Jesus Christ. That's why as we're leading people in a prayer of salvation, one of the things that I always include and I always want verbalized is the idea that I give you my life. It's not simple, well, I pray, forgive me of my sins, and I'm going to walk out the door and live for the devil. No, Jesus Christ bought your life with this precious blood. And part of, no, the part, the whole of salvation is that your life is now hidden in Jesus Christ. Your life is his. It's not yours anymore. When you realize that, you learn to make decisions differently. You no longer make decisions for yourself. You understand now you pass it through prayer before the throne of God before you make a decision because you want to hear from God justification finds its source in Jesus Christ as we saw last week John 14 6 Jesus is the way the truth and the life and no one comes to the father except through him how can he say that well he's the propitiation we see back in, in Romans chapter 3 he's the propitiation in verse 25 he's the atoning victim he died on the cross for my sins he is the one that paid the price I deserve death he died so therefore salvation comes justification comes by placing my faith in him no other way. Number three, justification is for all. It's for everybody. It's for everybody who believes. Not just a select group. Not a small little group that God's designated. You guys get to enjoy the benefits of salvation and nobody else gets to. It's not for a select elect. It is for everybody who believes. You know how we know that? Well, look at verse 23 for a second. It says that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That word all refers to who? All, everybody. There is no one exempt from that statement. Therefore, when we look at verse 22, we see even the righteousness of God, is, which is through faith in Jesus Christ, to all and on all who believe. This is for everybody. Since everybody sinned, God has made justification available to everyone who believes. Jump down to verse 29. Or is he the God of the Jews only? Is he not also the God of the Gentiles? Yes, of the Gentiles also, since there is one God who will justify the circumcised by faith and the uncircumcised through faith. It's for everybody, regardless of today, whether you're a Jew or a Gentile. The Bible says you're guilty. Whether you're a male or a female, the Bible says you're guilty. Whether you are rich or poor, 
Whether you're raised in a Christian home or not, whether you know the Bible, own a Bible, ever have said a prayer in your life, if you believe in Jesus Christ today, you understand the weight and penalty of your sin has been paid for by Jesus Christ. You will be saved by faith. That's so freeing. I don't, I, it is unbelievably freeing to know that God has made a way of escape for you to get out from under the burden of sin. It doesn't matter what your background is or what your upbringing might be, what kind of sins you've committed or the life that you've lived, what things you might have been caught up in this last week, what things might be stumbling even you right now, what things that might be past. You know, one of the greatest places of spiritual warfare is right here in this room where God wants to speak forth into your life his love and his grace and his mercy and the enemy wants you to think about what a crumb you are and just how bad you've blown it. But justification by faith cleans your life and you're justified just as if you've never sinned. Let me just pray for your minds right now. Lord, I just pray for those that are being captive by things in their head right now, the condemnation of the enemy. We, we pray, Lord, that you would guard and protect us here, that as these glorious truths are going forth, there are some that are battling with it, some that are fighting. They're digging in their heels right now because they just can't believe that you would do such a glorious work in their life. But you can and you will. They place their faith in you. You can clean them up. Receive them to yourself. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, the Bible says, Jesus does, doesn't he? He says, come unto me, all you who have it all together and are super strong. <laughs> no, that's not what he says. He says, come unto me, all you who are weary and heavy laden with big burdens in your life, messed up things, and his promises, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, because my yoke is easy and my burden is light. It's easy. It's sweet. And so justification, number one, comes apart from the law. Number two, comes by faith in Jesus Christ. Number three, is for all and everyone who believes. Number four, justification comes by faith completely. By faith and grace completely, I should say. We've looked at faith already. It's by grace completely. By grace. Someone once took the word grace and broke it down by its letters. G-R-A-C-E. God's riches at Christ's expense. Isn't that cool? That's grace. You might want to write that one down. You don't forget that. You write it right in the margin of your Bible. And if you don't have a Bible today, just turn to your neighbor and write it in their margin. <laughs> Save them some time. Grace, God's riches to you at Christ's expense. Justification comes to the undeserving. You know why? Because we're all undeserving. It doesn't come to the deserving, but to the undeserving. Look at verse 24. It says, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Salvation cannot be earned, it cannot be bought, it cannot be bargained for, it comes by grace. We get the riches of God because Jesus paid the price. And so God looks at you and looks at me as though I never sinned. Why? Because of what Jesus has done. And it puts to folly the thought that we can come to God with all of our works. Here I am, God, look at all that I've done for you. What will you do for me? And God says, I want you to go to the cross because it's not your works that bring salvation. It's his work, singular. There's one work that brings salvation, and that's the death of Jesus Christ and his resurrection to seal the deal. 
And by faith in him, you and I will be saved. It's not our works. It's his work. It's his finished work. Notice, too, in verse 24 that Paul is careful to write, and it's translated in English, being justified. In the Greek, in the original language, the tense of that word is in the present continual. What that means is, is that it's not just looking back at the day you were saved and say, yes, I was justified back then, but that when you wake up in the morning and your first thought is, oh God, I thank you for the life that you've given me, God will say to you, you are justified today by faith. You're justified today. You don't have to look back. For me, 15 years, and I blow it. For instance, you know, let's just say that with Marie up at the conference in the retreat this weekend, that I had the kids all by myself and... Um, well, you know, I lost it, and uh, I threw them in the room and locked the door from the outside and, uh, you know, tossed them around and kicked them around, and they're crying, oh, God, oh, my God, Dad, Dad, I want my mom, and I go, be quiet, I got things to do, and, and I just blew it with the kids. That didn't happen, but let's just say it did. <laughs> let's just say I got in the flush, and I really blew it with my kids. To the point where, man, they're so mad at me. They're so upset with me. They want to trade me in for a new model, Marie, the new model. And they just get rid of dad. I want mom. She's so much nicer. Bring her home. Help me. Help me. Help me. Let's just say. And I did say, right, that did not happen. But let's just say it did. And I wake up this morning to come and serve you. And I wake up crying out to the Lord because of a knucklehead that I was. And I cry out. And what I hear from heaven is, yeah, Ed, you are a knucklehead. Don't go to church today. You can't teach them today. That's not what I hear from heaven. You know what I hear from heaven? Or what I would have heard? I just want to be clear. Okay? That did not happen. But by way of illustration, I can be the best illustration. It is hypothetical. But let's just say I do wake up and all I hear from God is, you know, Ed, you're justified in me. And I receive your repentance. And then he would give me the direction to go things, make things right and I can serve him, not in my own righteousness, but in his righteousness. And so you've blown it big time. You've made a mistake. Well, justification happens continually. It's a declaration, but it's a continual declaration. It didn't end the day after you got saved, but even now as we sit here and when you have a bad day and when you step into the flesh, you really didn't want to. You really didn't want to say that. You really didn't want to think that. But given the right circumstances and the right temptations, and the, you did. Well, you can cry out to a holy God who will forgive you, 1 John 1, 9, and cleanse you from all unrighteousness and remind you that you weren't just justified in the past, but you are now currently justified. Because there are times when we look back and we do feel bummed out. And often we think we've given up our freedom in Jesus because of a bad thought or a bad day or a bad week. But listen, we've been justified by his grace. It's to the undeserving. It's by his grace. And so let me also speak to, though, the bad day that you might have that turns into a bad week. And then the bad week that you have might turn into a bad month. And then the bad month you might have turns into a bad year. And instead of resting in the beautiful doctrine of justification in the Lord Jesus Christ, you've settled in to the excuse-making justifying of your sin. There's no freedom in that. There's only bondage. There's only bondage when we excuse things. And we've always got a reason. Somebody calls us on something and we've got a reason for it. Well, you, you can't rest in the beauty of being in the righteousness of Jesus Christ when you're making excuses for your sin. 
See, I want the justification that comes from Jesus. I don't want to justify my sin. I don't want a day in the flesh to become a week in the flesh. Amen? Is that your life? I don't want a week to become a month, and I don't want a month to become a year because the time is short. The Lord Jesus is coming again very soon. He's coming to bring his bride to himself. And so we don't want to be in this place. Well, I'm justified by grace, so there I got all this freedom to go ahead and live like the devil. You don't have the freedom to live like the devil and still please God because it doesn't please God. You know, this same phrase, you can jot it down, is used in John's gospel. This being justified, it's the idea is still, the idea of being justified freely is used in John 15, 25. It's translated, was Jesus is there. They hated me without a cause. In God, he loves you without a cause. He loves you. And there's nothing more that you could do for him to love you any more than he does today. Because he loves us without a cause. In other words, we've been justified because of nothing we've done and nothing that we deserve. It's not what I've done or earned. We've justified. We've been justified without a cause. And that is so encouraging that Jesus loves me. One of the greatest truths that you can hold on to is Jesus loves me. This I know. Why? For the Bible tells me so. And you can trust the Bible because he does love you. There's no cause in me. It's all in him. And so... Number one, we're justified apart from the law. Number two, we're justified by faith in Jesus Christ. Number three, justification is for all and everyone who believes. Number four, justification comes by grace completely, exclusively. And number five, as we close today, justification comes to us at a very high cost. Because by now there are those, as you teach the doctrine of grace and the wonderful truths of grace, there are some that rise up and say, wait a minute, Pastor Ed, you are making grace very, very cheap here. You're cheapening grace. You shouldn't be cheapening grace like that. That sounds like cheap grace to me. But I'll tell you, I'm not making it cheap. Because grace isn't cheap. It came at a very high price. The blood of Jesus Christ. It's not cheap grace. It costs Jesus everything, all that he had. No, it's not cheap at all. Now, grace might be free, but it's not cheap. And grace, as we've learned from Peter, doesn't give us permission to cloak our licentiousness, our riotous living. The Bible says in Galatians chapter 1, verse 4, you can jot it down, that Jesus gave himself for our sins, that he might deliver us from the present evil age, according to the will of God, and then 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21 says that Jesus was made sin. It says, for he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that he might become the righteousness of God in him. See, it might be free. It may not require your works and anything that you can do to earn or deserve it, but it is not cheap. Jesus left his home in glory, came and dwelt among us, died in our place for all of our sin, paying the price of our salvation completely, please understand that we don't teach a cheap grace here. It's a very high cost for you and I to enjoy this relationship with Jesus Christ of unconditional love, his blood flowing redemptively so that the price might be paid. It's awesome, justification. You see, sound doctrine is very, very important. You want to understand this because it changes the whole way you relate to God. It changes everything on how you live. Some of you are just going to be free from your past because that's God's heart for you. Some of you are going to be freed from your present day struggles and the storms that have revealed the weakness of your foundation. See, the enemy comes in and says, look at your weak foundation. You big phony, you big fake. And yet God says, why don't you come unto me? We'll straighten these things out. We'll work in your heart. I love you. 
I know you better than you know yourself. You see, God, he's both just and the justifier. Look at this, verse 26, as we close. It says that there might be a demonstration to demonstrate at the present time his righteousness so that he, speaking of God the Father, might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. Because there's no boasting, verse 27. It's excluded. Faith excludes boasting because God has dropped that faith into our heart. We conclude, he says in verse 28, that we're justified by faith apart from the law. We conclude that it's for everyone. Beautiful, beautiful truths. But God, he is both the just. See, he's not just overlooking sin and saying, well, sin's no big deal. I'm going to change the way of salvation. I'm just going to pretend that sin never really affected man. That's not God being just. God being just meant that the price for sin has been paid. But now that the price of sin has been paid, now God can also be the justifier. The price for sin has been satisfied and the unjust justified. The story is told of a 17-year-old that was arrested for reckless driving in his rural community. And as he was brought into the court, boy, was he relieved because he stood there before the court and guess who the judge was? His dad. And he's like, yes, my dad is the judge. I am so busted, but dad's a judge, man. He's going to take care of me. He's taken care of me my whole life. And what a sigh of relief the young man breathes as he realizes that his dad is the judge. And so they go on with the case. And after about an hour, the jury comes back with a verdict and the judge renders his decision. Your reckless driving, the judge said, has endangered the people of our community. Consequently, justice must be served. You will either pay $1,000 or serve one year in jail. And the kid's like, no way, Dad. How could you do this to me? I'm your son. Remember me, me. You remember we hook up? Me, remember I look like you, you know? You're my dad. How could you do this to me, Dad? How could you bring the gavel down on me, Dad? Dad, son, Dad. And he's all messed up. So the boy, he looks up at his dad and he finally says, Dad, you know that I don't have a penny to my name. How am I going to, I can't, and he's at a loss for words. And the father says, young man, in this court, you'll address me as your honor. I'm your judge. And down went the gavel and the boy stood incredulous before the bench. And the bailiff comes to put the handcuffs on the son. And as the bailiff approaches, ready to take the boy off to jail, the judge stands up and the courtroom is silent. The judge, the father, the dad, he stands up and he takes off his robe. He sets it on the chair. And he goes down off of the bench to stand by his son. And everyone's looking and wondering. And the judge, as the dad, finally speaks up and he says, Behind the bench, I am your judge. But here beside you, I stand as your father. And he took out a checkbook from his pocket and paid his son's fine. Judge and father. God is both the just and the justifier. And the bridge between you and God the Father is the blood of Jesus Christ by faith. What a powerful story illustrating what God has done as both the just and the justifier. 
Today on Abounding Grace, we've been answering the question, what is justification? It's part of Pastor Ed Taylor's study of Romans. You can find our studies online at AboundingGraceRadio.com. And they're accessible through our app, too. Do a search for Calvary Aurora in the App Store or Google Play. Here in the month of December, we've picked out a timely resource we think you'll enjoy and get a lot out of. It would even make for a great Christmas gift. It's called The Case for Christmas. So who was in the manger that first Christmas morning? Not everyone agrees on the answer to that. If he was the divine son of God, how do you know for sure? Well, Lee Strobel investigates in The Case for Christmas, and we'll send it to you when you support Abounding Grace with a gift of $25 or more today. Please make your request by phone at 877-30-GRACE. Please remember that it's through your support that we're able to bring Abounding Grace to your radio station every day. With your help, countless thousands of people are hearing the truth of God's Word all over the nation and world. We can be reached toll-free at 877-30-GRACE, or you can make a donation online at AboundingGraceRadio.com. Glad you've taken time out for our study in Romans. We'll pick up where we left off next time we get together on Abounding Grace with Pastor Ed Taylor. This is amazing grace. Abounding Grace is brought to you by Calvary Church Colorado here in Aurora.